For our scripture this morning, we invite your attention to Matthew's Gospel, the eighth chapter. We would like to begin reading with verse number five. Matthew chapter eight, beginning with verse five. The Gospel according to Matthew, the eighth chapter, beginning with verse five very familiar portion of scripture. Matthew 8, fifth verse. These words are recorded. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Read for your hearing from Matthew's Gospel, the eighth chapter, verses five through eight. May God continue to bless us through his holy word. From these verses of scripture, allow me to use for a subject, speak the word. Speak the word. In the eighth through the twelfth chapter of this gospel, Matthew is sharing with us about the ministry of Jesus to the poor, the downtrodden, the outcast individuals, those whom society thought little of, deemed insignificant nobodies with no meaningful contribution to make because they were believed economically poor, socially deprived of educational benefits, and therefore the Roman world had no use for them you know they were the disenfranchised. And so basically his ministry was in the midst of what today we would call the ghetto. He was preaching the gospel to the poor. The poor had been deprived of hearing the gospel because they could not maintain or support a ministry with their meager finances. So they were bypassed as far as the good things were concerned. And, and one of the things that Jesus did say when he proclaimed that the spirit of the Lord was upon him was that he was sent to preach the gospel to the poor. 
And that's basically what he was doing. He was reaching the Gentiles, those non-Jews, whether they be Roman, Greek, or barbarian, or women, slave, poor, or sick. During this time of the Roman Empire, it was believed that these were the minorities because they had little purchasing power or even no political clout. But, but in reality, they, they were the majority because there was more of them than there were pompous, proud Pharisees and strong military Romans. So, so, so in our text, we see the Lord himself ministering to the Gentiles. Uh, you see, uh, uh, that's who the Lord is, that's what he's doing, uh, talking and ministering to a Gentile, a, a, a slave uh, and a woman. Uh, uh, in the first 15 verses of this eighth chapter of Matthew, Jesus was ministering to the needs of someone who was considered to be on the so-called other side of the tracks. The, the centurion was a Gentile, an Italian believed, but he was not a Jew. Now, now, in this eighth chapter, you can see that Jesus was not only showing mercy and compassion to a leopard, but also to the Gentile's servant in our text. Uh, and later on in this chapter, you'll find that he healed Peter's mother-in-law. But, but, but from this, you see that the Lord had no respect of persons, uh, physical health, uh, race, uh, social status, or gender made no difference to him. Uh, he came to seek and save those which were lost. Uh, uh, he didn't care how, how one looked physically, uh, wasn't concerned about the color of their skin, uh, whether they were rich or poor, uh, uh, whether they lived on this side of the tracks or the other side, uh, whether they were male or female. Uh, he had compassion on people seeing them as sheep having no shepherd. Uh, and he taught us that as far as the gospel and salvation is concerned, there is no boundaries or barriers when it comes to rendering help and aid to those who are in need. Uh, Jesus showed special compassion to those whom society disenfranchises. And, and you see, that's good news because even today there are so many dropping through the so-called safety net of society. Uh, our text shows hope. Uh, it shows encouragement uh, uh, for when others have been locked out, uh, the Lord brings them in. Uh, uh, the scripture says that, that he has chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith. Uh, uh, in verse number five, uh, uh, Matthew wants us to look at the ministry of the Messiah in the city of Capernaum. The, the word Capernaum uh, uh, means a constellation, uh, the place where supposedly one could get encouragement, help, or, or assistance, uh, 
provided that one knew the right people or had the right background. But, 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 but we shall find out that the name was far from what it really was. You see, it was a city that offered very little encouragement, uh, uh, no consolation or help, uh, especially to the disenfranchised. Uh, uh, well, uh, to the rich, yes, uh, uh, to the educated, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to the upper echelon of society, yes, uh, uh, but to the disenfranchised, uh, it was not a city of consolation. It was a city of oppression. Uh, Capernaum was a political center uh, for Rome, uh, had its embassy there with significant troops. Uh, uh, it was a city of opulence and prosperity, uh, wealth, and, and even arrogance. Uh, uh, this was because uh, it was a commercial center for trade, uh, fishing, as well as banking. Uh, it was an arrogant city because in Matthew 11, this same city Jesus ministered out of he was now denouncing it in verses 23 and 24 when he said, And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. You see, the more exalted, the, the more blessed they were, uh, the more lifted up in pride they became. Uh, uh, you see, I've learned that just because you have Jesus in your midst, it is no umbrella of protection. Uh, uh, you see, they were blessed to have God in the flesh. Uh, Jesus, the Messiah, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, uh, the everlasting father, the prince of peace was in their midst. Uh, but here he is, uh, out of all the cities in northern Galilee, he chose to bless Capernaum with his presence. And Capernaum treated him just like his own hometown of Nazareth. They rejected him. And so here's Jesus coming into the city, a, a city estranged from God. Uh, you see, anyone who is away from the light, uh, who does not abide under the shadow of the Almighty, is subject and liable and vulnerable to the attacks of Satan at any time. Uh, Capernaum had the name of great consolation, but, but what consolation could it give seeing that he was cut off? from God Almighty. Uh, when Rome was on the throne, uh, when Caesar was governing this land, uh, sickness, disease, slavery, and the mistreatment of women was the rule of the day. Uh, it was a society built upon the principle that might makes right, uh, a city built upon injustice. Uh, and here is Jesus entering this city uh, uh, that was in darkness, that sat in the region and shadow of death. Uh, and now through Jesus, light 
and life has entered into Capernaum. And immediately upon his entrance, there came unto him someone who needed help and, and couldn't get it. Uh, someone who needed encouragement but couldn't get it in this city of consolation. But, but who he was, he recognized the light. And it said, and there came unto him a centurion, a, a captain of a hundred men, a, a Roman officer, a Gentile who was locked out of the system. Here came a man who found no hope in Capernaum for his servant. Uh, he found no consolation for him. So here he came to Jesus. Uh, he saw Jesus more than just being a man of distinction. Uh, he was not just addressing Jesus as a student to his teacher because he was not a disciple or follower of Jesus. Uh, therefore, he was recognizing the fact that Jesus was Lord and he was the servant. Uh, he was recognizing the sovereignty of God Almighty. Now, now here's a man uh, uh, who caused Jesus to marvel. Uh, uh, in the sense, uh, he caused Christ to smile. Amen. Not that he was shocked because he knew what was in the man, but Jesus smiled in the sense that it put this smile on his face uh, uh, when in the midst of all this madness and the mess uh, he found someone after having gone throughout Israel uh, one who had such a great quality of faith. Uh, uh, he told Jesus, uh, I don't need you to come and lay hands. Uh, I don't need you to make spittle of clay. Uh, I don't need you to rub oil. All you have to do is speak the word. Uh, and now, now, now everyone else uh, Jesus had blessed with healing uh, wanted to be touched uh, 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 for him to do something extraordinary where their eyes could see in order to believe. But, but this man simply said, uh, I don't have to see it. Uh, just speak the word. Uh, and Jesus said, look here, I, I've been all over Israel. Even down in Jerusalem, the, the center and the capital of learning, uh, uh, where the very height of the religious temperament was supposed uh, to have been placed in the persons of the scribes and the rabbi. Uh, he said, I, I've been to the temple. Uh, I even overturned tables of the money changers, uh, drove some of them out. Uh, uh, but even there, I did not find faith like this. Uh, uh, not even behind the veil where the priests were offering up the blood of atonement did I find this type of faith. Uh, no, uh, not even in the city of David was I able to find it. But here I am in the north with a Gentile, uh, uh, someone who could not go into the holy place uh, and was only allowed to congregate uh, in the court of the Gentiles, uh, a man who was supposed to be alienated from the life of God, a stranger from the promises and hope of Israel uh, with such a faith that it caused Jesus, the master, the Messiah, to smile. Uh, 
Uh, this man didn't even want to sign. Uh, he said, Lord, uh, just speak the word. Uh, uh, that's strong faith, uh, just to take God at his word. Uh, Lord, uh, you don't have to come down here and lay hands on him. Uh, uh, you don't have to rub him with oil. Uh, 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 just speak the word. Uh, uh, you see, that's a rebuke to everyone else. Uh, uh, here's one who says, uh, speak the word. Uh, uh, it's no wonder Jesus marveled uh, uh, because everyone else had to have something visible. Jesus had to do something tangible for them, uh, something they simply could see. Uh, and with that, that's not faith. You see, most of us, I believe it when I see it. Faith says, even if I don't see it, I believe it. You see, in this text, God is smiling. Not at a Jew. Not at a so-called Christian. Uh, he's not smiling at church folk. He's smiling at a Gentile who was putting church folk to shame. For Jesus had run into a lot of religious folk and they didn't believe God's word. For if they did, they would have received his son as the Messiah. You see, they, they didn't even believe the prophets. You see, they had thrown God's word aside and started teaching the commandments and the doctrines of men. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we talk about the word, but, but, but we'd be very surprised how few people within the church setting really believe the word of God. We're living in perilous times. Uh, uh, very few say, uh, just speak your word. Whatever our situation is, uh, when you speak your word, I, I know things are going to be fixed. Uh, I, you don't have to come to my home. Uh, uh, don't come on Princess Anne. Uh, don't go on Wolf Street. Uh, uh, wherever you are, speak the word. Uh, I know it shall be done. Uh, the centurion was saying, uh, I'm disenfranchised. Uh, it seems like uh, no one else seems to care. Uh, no one else is concerned about my servant. Uh, but if you would just speak, I know things are going to be all right. You see, when God speaks, uh, he gives encouragement. You remember he spoke to Adam in the garden about what not to eat. Uh, uh, he spoke to Noah about building an ark. Uh, uh, he spoke to Moses out of the midst of a burning bush. Uh, he even spoke to Paul while going down the Damascus road and asked him why persecuted thou me. Uh, he spoke to the woman at the well uh, and he encouraged her. He, he spoke to the leper when he had healed him. He spoke to the blind man when he had put spittle in his eyes. He even spoke to Lazarus in the tomb, uh, to the thief on the cross when he said, Today uh, thou shalt be in paradise. Uh, spoke to his father while on the cross, uh, into thy hands uh, I commend my spirit. But, but most of all, he spoke to me as well as to you when he rose from the grave uh, with all power in his hands. Uh, telling us that we now have the right once again to the tree of life. Uh, 
told us that we now have a building not made by hands, a mansion, a white robe, a crown of righteousness simply waiting for us in glory. That's why we should not be ashamed or afraid to speak the word. Money may not be right, but just speak the word. House may not be the five-room mansion. It may just be a two-room bungalow, but speak the word of thanks. A car may not be a Lexus or a Mercedes, but, but whatever it might be, a hoop deal, as long as it gets you where you're going, uh, speak the word and thank God for his blessing. Uh, may not have the best of health, but when you're looking for healing, speak the word. Uh, he's able. Uh, when your children don't act right, uh, speak the word. He knows what to do with them. Uh, uh, when you help me ain't doing what he or she should be doing, just speak the word. Uh, my God and your God through his son Jesus the Christ gave each of us that opportunity to be able that just you, not somebody important, just you and me, we have the right, we have the authority, and we have the power to just simply speak the word. May God bless you. Thank you.